Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Another day back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio on this Tuesday, March 21st. Damon Cotton and your boy Q, we're here with you for the next three hours. Very excited about the opportunity that we have for you for the next three hours. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up. And for the first time in a long time, myself, JT the Brick, and Lincoln Kennedy recorded the Raider Roundtable, and there was no breaking news. So, Damon, there was no breaking news that happened afterwards because sure as I could say my name is Q, as soon as we finish wrapping up the Raider Roundtable each and every week, something big happens. So we put the Raider Roundtable out. It's official right now. It's up on Raiders.com. I encourage you to, well, check it out around 5.01, right? You can also hear the audio version of it coming up right after this show as well. Unnecessary Roughness. You'll hear myself, JT, and Lincoln talking all things free agency when it comes to silver and black and what directions Lincoln thinks that the team is moving forward and looking at the draft and JT and myself. So that'll be coming up on Raider Nation Radio 920 at around 5 o'clock, but also you can check it out on YouTube. But hey, I feel pretty good, Damon. No breaking news happened this time as opposed to this time last week. I mean, there's still time left in the day. I mean, so who knows when there could be some breaking news. But, you know, I think all the cap spaces is just about taken care of, though. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, there's still— Oh, trades are still an option yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of different options out there on the table. But uh, I actually feel pretty good that we're all the way through the afternoon. It's 2 o'clock now, 2.01 to be exact, and there hasn't been any breaking news. Because I'm telling you, every single time we do the Raider Roundtable— as soon as we get into the car and we're headed to the radio station, or as soon as I get to the radio station, something big happens. Last week, it was Darren Waller gets traded to the Giants, and that was like immediately after I had a meeting or during the time that I was at, having a meeting uh, with Natalie, our boss, and boom. So this time, went into the meeting with Natalie, came out, my phone was blown up, and I thought, oh boy, here we go. But it was no, uh, it was no breaking news. It was just I was having to be away from my phone for quite a while, so... Missed all the messages. But I was glad to know that there was no big breaking news that I missed. Since it was a week away, how was Lincoln's take on Darren Waller being traded? Because I feel like if you would guys would have got the notification while recording, it would have been, you know, it would have been hot. It would have been instant. But yeah, he probably wasn't as fired up, was he? No, I mean, it wasn't about being fired up. He was more just like he really likes Darren Waller, as Raider Nation does, as I do, as JT do. I mean, we all are big fans of Darren Waller, especially the guy. But he had mentioned about the blocking. We talked about that last week when we found out about it, about the trade. He had talked about the uh, lack of availability, and that's obviously going to be something. And, you know, the one thing, and I've continued to say this about this staff, is that they want full-time football players. Right, And I know a lot of people will be like, well, what does that even mean, Q? That means guys that live, breathe, and, and sleep when it comes to football. Like That's all it is. Just like I'm, I'm full-time radio, like radio, podcast. You can find me on a radio station. If you try, and I don't even mean try hard. If you try, you'll find me on the airwaves somewhere. If it's a podcast, if it's a radio, whatever the case is, that's just who I am. I, I just can't get out of my own way. I can't, I can't help myself. That's what this staff is looking for as far as football players. And I'm not saying that that's for everybody. And I'm not saying that's the only way to get it done. But for these guys, that's what they're looking for. 
Well, that's interesting to see that the guys that they bring in, because some of these guys are, let's say, uh, Robert Spillane, where it is, hey, is he really going to work out on the field or he hasn't lived up to that much potential? But one thing, one of the big takeaways from the presser that he did give was this guy loves football. Yeah. This guy is yep. all about football. Yep. So they are, the guys that they are bringing in right. are matching the build, as you're saying. And that doesn't always mean that they're going to be a great, the greatest player just because they're all about it. Hell, I'm not the greatest radio host, but I, I guarantee you're going to get my best effort every single time, and I'll be angry if it's not. Right, and that'll be on me. That's that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the guys that again eat, breathe, sleep, ball. That's that's who they want. And I and I described it in the in the roundtable earlier. They want full time football players. And it's funny you bring up Robert Spillane because, and this is just a little uh, preview, I guess, or even just a kind of little bit a bit of a takeaway from the Raiders to roundtable. Lincoln was high on Robert Spillane. Hey. He was pretty high on him. He said, "Hey, look, I've seen him multiple times. Uh, he has he 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 brings some good effort." Uh, I think that he's really good uh, when it comes to stopping the run. I mean, there were some good things that he said about Robert Spillane. So, you know, I know just because Lincoln endorses him doesn't mean that it means he's going to be all pro or whatever. But I came away from the presser feeling pretty pretty good about Robert Spillane. I didn't know a whole lot about him going into the presser. I think he could be a good player. I know he's not going to be the guy that's going to all of a sudden turn the Raiders' defense into 85 Bears. Like, I'm not I'm not foolish like that. But I do think he can help contribute. He could be a, a, a big rotational piece and probably bigger than a rotational piece. He really could carve out a nice role for him. I just want to see what the transition looks like when it comes to guys like him, Marcus Epps. And Marcus Epps, he, he was a he was a, basically a full-time starter in 2022. Hell, he played more snaps than anyone else on the Eagles team. But, you know, for some of these guys that are getting an opportunity to prove who they are, Sometimes it's difficult to go from being that the guy who comes in and contributes in spurts and all of a sudden puts out the best effort there, but it's only in small sample sizes to a guy who's relied upon more. That's always I was I'm always interested to see how that guy works out. Can he take on that next step? You said that he's not going to change the defense, Robert Spillane, to the eighty five Bears. But Lincoln, if Lincoln's high on him, that does sway my opinion on him a little bit. Where it's like if Lincoln believes in him, Lincoln knows more football than I do. So hey. Maybe I, can, I now I can't wait to see what he does do on the field because the signing even after he the pressers like he he spoke a lot of football talk yeah that's good oh I want to see it but now if Lincoln is a little bit favorable on him it's like yeah I'm a little bit higher on him now right I mean again and it, it's all it all depends on what he does on the field obviously I mean like I said we could all endorse him all you want and it, it just it, when it comes to push comes to shove it's all about what he's able to do on the field what he's able to do in training camp what you see from him in preseason and you'll get a pretty good idea of who he's going to be but I mean it's just one of the many guys that the Raiders have brought in and I know nobody's super fired up about all the different names. I think the biggest two names they brought in in free agency have been Jacoby Myers and Jimmy G. I mean, let's just keep it real, right? And there's other names that have been brought in. Jordan Willis, uh, we got a nice little preview on him yesterday from Matt Barrows. I thought that he's a nice little player. Jaquan Johnson, we're going to get a nice little preview today from him or on him. Also, Cam Sims, we'll get a preview on him too. I mean, there's there's n- names that, you know, you, you feel like, okay, I see how this guy can contribute with the team. But again, there's nothing earth-shattering that they've done. And, and I continue to say, and I know Vinny's continue to say, JT said the same thing, this team is going to try to make all the earth-shattering moves in April. When it comes time for the NFL draft, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920 will be there along for the ride at the draft. Excited about that. Uh, got the credential request today in, so uh, that's going to that's gonna happen. So we'll be right there on hand when the Raiders make their selection. If it's at 7, if it's at 3, if it's back a little bit, it doesn't matter. We'll definitely be there for Thursdays, the first round, and then Friday, the second and third round. We'll definitely be there for that, and I believe uh, I'll probably fly back on Saturday, get back to the to the home studio. But... 
not only that, and I'm excited about this next week as well, something that I can confirm that is going to happen, we'll be at the owners' meetings in Phoenix. I know Vinny plans on being out there. I know there's different multiple uh, media outlets or media uh, members from, from around the Las Vegas area that will be out there, uh, like the Deshaun Reeds and the Vic Tafers and you know Paul Gutierrez and you know guys like that. But we'll be out there as well. Radio Nation Radio 920 will be at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. This show will be generated from the owners' meetings every single day. And it's funny, DeMond, there. They're staying at a fancy, fancy, you know, hotel. The the place where the owners' meeting is going on is some fancy spot. And so, I'll, you know me, I'm an Airbnb cat, right? That's what I do. I go and get Airbnb. So I was like, I wonder, I wonder how much that place is, uh, you know, per night. I wonder if I could swing three nights and just call it a day, right? No big deal, you know. Lotus Broadcasting got those pockets. Maybe they could hook a brother up, right? So I was like, I'm, I'm gonna get curious, and I'm just gonna go ahead and punch in three days. Brother, that thing was like $1,200 a night. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what are the rooms starting there? I, what just, just a twin bed. Hey, look, man, I didn't even get that far down the weeds, man. When I when I clicked on see availability and it says something about $1,100 something dollars a night, I was like, no, thank you. You know, and I, I better learn my means, man. I better learn what I, what is realistic and what's not. And that, my friend, is not realistic. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Ooh, they said hey, we got billionaires coming into town. Yeah, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> so Airbnb it is, brother. I got a nice little spot. I'm good. I'm all good. Probably for about a third of what it costs to stay in that place one night, I could stay in the Airbnb for four nights, so I'm good. I was like, ah, yeah, that's that's all good. Is it still in the downtown area? I'm yeah, trying to yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. Do I know Phoenix kind, as well as well, I think kind I do? Kind of the same area that we stayed in when we were at the uh, for the Super Bowl. Kind yeah. of kind of in that same area. So I was thinking about going and getting that same Airbnb we had, but I knew that there was no reason for that place as big as it was for me. I I would just be getting greedy. But that place was so awesome. That was a great Airbnb. That was nice. So You could have did the Airbnb, but you also sublet the Airbnb. Hey, who in media wants to stay with me <laughs> and you just pay me $50 for the night? That's funny. That's fun. No, because then I got to deal with people, right? I don't want to deal with anyone that I don't already know. I can imagine just having to deal with someone that, you know, I don't know. I, I can only imagine, man. If, if I don't need to have roommates, I ain't going to have no roommates unless it's people that I know. So uh, there you go. A- Raider Nation Radio 920 will be at the owners' meetings. That's going down the 26th through the 29th in Phoenix, Arizona. Then, of course, in April, the end of April, starting on the 27th, will be in Kansas City for the NFL draft. And uh, this Raiders roster is going to continue to be put together in the meantime, in between time. Got some good guests that we got coming up on the show today. Excited about, as we always are, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. He'll kick us off at 2.30. He'll talk all things Cam Sims. He covers the Washington Commanders as well. He does a lot of draft work, as you can tell by the draft network, but he also has a podcast that covers the Washington Commanders. And as soon as Cam Sims uh, agreed to deal a uh, deal with the Raiders yesterday, he tweeted out that, you know, happy for Cam. He was in a wide receiver room that was just kind of really deep, so he didn't get to get the opportunity to be showcased a little bit. So we're going to talk to him about Cam, the latest wide receiver that I believe. It's about you can tell if you think he's uh, any different. He's guys six foot five. He's a special teams ace. He didn't really do a whole lot as far as production last season, only eight catches, 89 yards. But in his career, 55 games, he's, he's had 17 starts, 57 catches, 804 yards, and three touchdowns. Sounds like Matt Collins to me. Yeah, one of his touchdowns that I did look at, he basically mossed Trayvon Diggs. You know, go up there, go get yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, hey. I remember that one. If that's all the Raiders need him to do and then play special teams, right. that's all he's got to do. And, and Matt Collins was put into a role last season that he wasn't expected to be in. Right, He was expected to be on the football field as a, as a wide receiver 
every once in a while. And he got sprung into all of a sudden the number two role for quite a quite a bit of time because of injuries due to Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So he became the de facto like number two wide receiver. So uh, I don't think that you're going to have to worry about Cam Sims playing that role. But still, I mean, the size, and you saw what that size was able to do for Matt Collins, that's something that could be added to this Raiders offense. I, I, I'm pretty intrigued by him. I am too, and as you started talking, it finally hit me. It was like, oh, I see why they didn't bring back Mac Hollins now. Right. Because he would want it to be paid by, hey, man, I'm a number two wide receiver. Look what I did last year. And it's like, hey, right. man, we, we we good. We're proud of what you did, but we didn't need you. To, we didn't want you to do all that. Right, So right. now we're going to bring in somebody who we want to just fill that specific role. Right, exactly. So Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, he'll talk all things draft, and we'll talk Cam Sims coming up at 2.30. And you, you passed along an interesting nugget that he had to say about the tight end class being really deep. So we'll ask him some questions about the tight end class when it comes up to the NFL draft as well. That's at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, John McClain, GallerySports.com, and Sports Radio 610. I'm really disappointed by this one, Damon. Mm-hmm. John was in town all weekend, Yep. starting on Wednesday last week, and we did not run into John one time. Had reservations at Joe's. I was excited about that. I had reservations. Man, me and the wife had decided, okay, hey, Joe's on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to send the text message to DeMond. I'm going to send the text message to John and let him know, hey, this is what time we're going. So I did that. I sent it to to John. I sent it to you immediately, and you responded like, yay, okay, cool. You confirmed. There. Done. John, hit me back. Q, man, I hate to do this to you. But I got, you know, he started telling me everything he had going on, which was a lot. And to his credit, he came in with a buddy, and so it was really kind of hard for him to escape out of that little, you know, the buddy group thing that he was with. So he couldn't really get out of that. But, man, I sure I, I tried. Every week he comes on, I'm like, hey, we're going to take good care of you when you get here. So I tried. You know the reservation was there. Uh, man, I was Sunday telling at people. Three. Sunday at 3. It was I said, there. I'm going to get the biggest steak on the menu. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> I had a reservation for 6. Like, I was ready, man. We were rocking and rolling. We were about to party. And then all of a sudden, John couldn't make it. So we'll have to give him a bad time. But I, apparently, he had a really good time here in Vegas, so that's good. So he'll join us at 3. We'll talk all things NFL with him. At 3.30, Nate Geary, Bill's pregame show for WGR 550. He'll join the show. Ja- Jaquan Johnson, safety's Jaquan Johnson, uh, signed with the Raiders. They made it official today. He played 16 games in 2022, 28 tackles, an interception, and a pass defense. He was a member of the Buffalo Bills. So Nate Geary will join us to talk all things Jaquan Johnson. It's funny, I was talking to Lee Sterling this morning and, you know, Jaquan went to the U. So Lee is there in Miami. So he said, hey, he was so excited, man. When I called him this morning, he was like, man, I saw that the Raiders signed Jaquan Johnson. I was like, yeah, he did. You know, I'm going to do a little deep dive on him today. And he thought, oh, he's going to be on your show? I was like, no, no, no. Nate Geary's going to come on to talk about him. Oh, man, he went to school with my daughter. And th- I mean, so he's going through all of this. And he was like, man, at the U, he was this guy. Like, he was fired up about him. He's like, I don't know why he hasn't taken off yet, but he's a great guy. He was a ball hawk there in Miami. He always came up with some big plays. He was a big hitter. Uh, you know, he stayed home. He had offers from Alabama, all these different places. He decided to stay home. Uh, even the private schools there in Miami, they were trying to recruit him, and they were going to have him basically give him a, a you know scholarship in high school. And he, yeah, and he was like, no, I, I want to stay and play with my brother at the public school. So, I mean, Lee went through. I was on the phone with him about 20 minutes just talking about Jaquan Johnson. I was like, damn, I ought to have you come on and break down everything Jaquan Johnson. He's like, man, if you ever get him on the show, talk to him. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy, man. He's a great guy. And if the Raiders don't give you access to him, I got you. you know? Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so he was trying to hook it up. And I was like, ah, they're, they're always good about that. They always take good care of me. So anyway, Nate Geary, Bill's pregame show, WGR 550. He'll join us to talk Jaquan Johnson coming up at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. We'll keep the party rolling. Mike Sando from The Athletic, he'll join the show. And we'll talk all things NFL free agency. We'll talk about the approach that the Raiders have had so far in free agency. Who's still left in free agency in the second wave? 
how teams are building through the draft as opposed to free agency. We'll break all that down. We'll talk a little Lamar Jackson because we have to. We have to talk a little Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's out there. Apparently, there's reports that he has someone speaking on his behalf that's not NFLPA approved, which is a no-no. He also apparently is done with Baltimore. At least that's the word that's out there. So it's a lot of rumors and report, a lot of smoke out there. I don't know if there's anything he could do, Demon. I really don't. I don't know if what kind of because no matter what they're talking about, he he's not care, doesn't care about guaranteed money. Okay, well if that's the case, then a team could offer him anything, and Baltimore would say, yeah, we'll match that, no problem. I don't know if there's anything he could do at this point. But no other teams offered him anything. I'm not saying. Maybe after these meetings next week, yeah. they'll come together and say, hey, somebody just give him a deal and we'll see. Yeah. Well, but we'll see. I mean, maybe, I, you never know. Maybe something like that will happen. But uh, someone that's not NFL PA approved speaking on his behalf, that is something that I would really want to get to the bottom of. Well, no, and that's not – it's not okay. You know, Raquan, uh, uh, Roquan Smith uh, last year, that had happened to him before he came up with his deal with Baltimore. Someone was talking and they weren't NFL PA approved and they have to be commissioned and all that or else they can't negotiate with teams. The player can negotiate with team if they're representing themselves, but they, it's not like I can go in there and negotiate with them, right? That's because what I'm makes not, it so entertaining for me if it's just my cousin. Right. Yo, he done negotiated plenty of deals. Yeah, your cousin ain't <laughs> negotiating with Baltimore Ravens or anyone else in the NFL. That is a no-go. So Mike Sando from The Athletic will join us at 4 o'clock. But we're not done yet. Isn't that what Marcus Peters said? We ain't done yet. I said we ain't done yet. Exactly right. 4.30, D. Orlando Ledbetter. He's my guy from the AJC. He's going to join us to talk about Auburn's Pro Day. And I'm pretty pumped up about Auburn's Pro Day because Cam Newton was out there throwing. And I've been on this show, been very adamant that Cam Newton is pretty much done. And I know that there was times when people said, hey, man, the Raiders should bring in Cam Newton. And this was, you know, well before Jimmy G, this was while Derek Carr was still the quarterback. And I said, oh, no, he's done. Even when he went to the Patriots, oh, no, he's done. He's a year removed from football. He's been away from football for a year. So the only thing I can think that that could do is help him get a little healthy. Because that was Cam's biggest thing. He's 33 years old. That's still plenty early, plenty, plenty young for a quarterback, especially a, a guy like, that's built like him. You know he's in great shape. So I'm interested to see what his day was like. And it's funny, I don't know if you saw us on Twitter, there was so much pushback of Cam Newton having a pro day, all right, being at Auburn's pro day. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's taken away from the guys that are out there trying to compete. And I'm like, no, he's putting more eyeballs on it. Exactly. We're talking about the Auburn's pro day because of Cam, not because of the rest of the guys that are there. So there may be a diamond in the rough that gets noticed because Cam is out there too. I can't remember. Well, this is shame on me, but I don't know a player that's like, oh, man, this guy at Auburn this year, he was dominant on the field. He's right. going to be you know, a top 10 pick in this year's draft. And he's going to get the eyeballs there. So, yeah, good for Cam. He got to win a national championship. If he want to come back and just be big man on campus any day of the week, well, you they know, should allow him. The thing is, DJ Fluker is going to work out at Alabama's Pro Day, and nobody has said, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. That's so bad. He's taken away from the other guys. No, they're not saying that at all. But all of a sudden, Cam goes and works out. It's like, I can't believe he's doing that. Why? I saw the DJ Fluker. Also, I just seen him. was like, oh, look at the transformation. He's in such good shape. Why weren't you in that good shape when you were playing? I mean, that's a good question, too. I know, just but like, I just, I mean, you know, hey, look, and if guys want to get back at it and have an opportunity, why not? And if their university doesn't have a problem with it, what's the big deal? You know, I, and it's so funny. I had one guy going back and forth with me like, oh, oh, they don't need to have a pro day for Cam. You already saw what he did his last pass. And I was like, why are you so against just seeing what he does? Like, it doesn't mean you have to go sign him, but it, it, it doesn't hurt to take a look. Oh, they're wasting their time taking a look. All right, well, your world, your world, dog. Yeah, and also one of the players that he's going to be throwing to is his brother. Yeah, Kalen Newton. How cool is that? Man. How cool is that? I mean, even if nothing else comes with that, he's throwing to his brother at Auburn's pro day. I think that's awesome. I really do. Kayla Newton, one of the the uh, quarterback of the biggest 
underdog win in NCAA football history as uh, the Howard uh, Bisons beat UNLV. <laughs> <laughs> it was the biggest underdog. Uh, it was it was plus 40 or something. Oh, man. Oh, hey, man. Little old yeah. Kalen Newton got the job done. Yeah, Woo. he got the job done. So, D. Orlando Ledbetter from the AJC, who was planning on being at Auburn's Pro Day anyway, is there. I saw some videos that he put out. So, we'll ask him just what his thoughts were on Cam Newton and then the rest of the guys at Auburn and how much that might have helped them. I'm sure those players were excited to have the extra eyeballs on them just because, again, Cam's presence. So uh, we got a loaded lineup, as you can tell. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network will join us at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Nate Geary at 3.30, Mike Sando at 4, and D. Orlando Ledbetter close things out at 4.30. But in the meantime, in between time, we definitely want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. We'll get your calls in when we don't have a guest. Also, your text at 69187, keyword R&R. That's the com text line. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I got a couple t- topics that I want to bring to the table. One we kind of discussed already. Uh, what is your interest level in Cam Newton, who's 33, hasn't played since 2021? What is your interest level there? Right? I mean, he did play with the Patriots. He does know Josh McDaniels. The Raiders do have a hole at the backup quarterback position, would there be any interest there from you? Just just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it has to be. Just asking, would there be any interest there? Maybe he's a guy that could get a, a little bit of a package as well, similar to the Mariota package uh, when he was in, in Vegas. Just throwing it out there. Again, not trying to push Cam on anybody. I'm not trying to influence anyone. But is there any interest if the Raiders happen to see or some scouts that the Raiders have saw him and said, yeah, he looks pretty healthy, looks pretty good. Would you have any interest in Cam Newton? And then the other the other question, which is probably the bigger question, is there a move or two that GM Dave Ziegler and the rest of that front office could make at this point, at this point of free agency or this point of the offseason that will get you excited about the direction that this team is going? Because, again, they've signed a lot of players. They've come to agreement with a lot of players, and I know that they don't really push the needle for most of Raider Nation. We hear about it each and every day, get texts about it each and every day, get calls about it. We get it. But is there a move or two that could be made by that front office that would get you excited at this point. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be a free agent signing. Maybe they make a trade for someone. Maybe they make a trade to move up in the draft. Maybe it's, I don't know, is there anything that they could do this, this, this offseason, a move or, ma- or two that could be made that would excite you. So we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Again, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 2.30, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. But let's go out to Berkeley. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Fish in Berkeley. Welcome to the show. Hey, always a pleasure to talk to you two gentlemen. My goodness. Just, I just, y'all make, it's a tight show y'all run, and I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Cam Newton, I already wrote it down in my notebook uh, months ago that I already believe that Newton will be a Raider, and he would be the perfect fit. You already hit the hammer with the nail on the head and all that package, baby, package. We're going to have a couple of, uh, Installs for Cam Newton because of his mobility and 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 recognition of the system. As far as uh, what can we do, man? What would it get me excited if we made a trade official that we're going to garner, we're going to get a first and second rounder somehow, some way, and then next off season, if we wanted to, we w- we could we could put our two first rounders, two second rounders, and the following year's first rounder and second rounder, if need be to go up and get one of those generational quarterbacks. So those two pieces would uh, excite me. Excuse me, one piece. Trade up and get additional draft picks, and I think Newton would be an organic fit in our system. 
I just want to tip my cap to both of you and tell all the Raider Nation, please stay positive when you're interacting with people. Because if they're angry or frustrated, don't overlook that people don't get angry or frustrated unless they care. And that's the common denominator we all have. We care about the silver and black. Show up, show up, and I'll just win, baby, when you go out. There he goes, Raider Fish in Berkeley. DeMar, what do you think about that? He said he's already put it into existence that uh, Cam is going to be a member of the Silver and Black. And, again, I would have no problem if he was and had a package for him. Especially, I mean, if he's healthy, if they, if they find out that he's healthy and looks good, I wouldn't have no problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with it either. I think it would be a great idea. And also, selfishly, if the Titans said we can get out of the Ryan Tannehill contract, <laughs> I, yo, I'd be all for it. I heard Cam, that. Cam, Cam, he's our man. Right. I mean, look, again, 33 years old, as we all know, is not old for a quarterback. And I really do believe a year away from the game helped him get healthy. Right? Again, I'm not there, so I don't know what the medicals look like. But I'm just assuming that rest and relaxation away from football can help someone. I know a lot of people get turned off by Cam because he has fun. He smiles. He puts out videos. That's the biggest thing that I hate. Why are people so against Have you been watching the World Baseball Classic? Yes. Where it's just like, it's so much fun. Yes. Shouldn't that be the way all sports are? Yes. Where absolutely. guys are having fun? That absolutely. makes the sport fun. I don't know what it is about Cam that rubs people the wrong way, but I, I have no problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it when he was the MVP, when he was in Carolina, when he was handing footballs to little kids. And be like, oh, I don't like these dancing. This, man, get over yourself. I have no problem with this. So if, if they were to, and obviously that's a that's a them call, but if they were to say that, that that's a guy that they wouldn't have any problem bringing him in and have him be the backup quarterback and have some packages for him, I think of Jimmy G, Cam Newton, whoever they end up drafting, I think that'd be a fun little package. I really do. They got to bring somebody in to be the official backup because right. we don't know who they're going to draft because maybe they do go the second round, some mid round guy. Right. So why not bring in Cam? I just I think it would be a, a pretty cool fit, but uh, that's what we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, 702-365-9200 in our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. we got a text that I want to get to real quick. This is from LJ. Good afternoon, fellas. I would have no issue at all if Cam was signed as a backup. A uh, couple... Uh, you couple his familiarity with Jimmy G's injury history. I think it makes more sense than folks realize. Good call, Q. That's from LJ. And that's the other thing about it. I, I know that in March you don't really normally talk about the backup quarterback, but in this situation and not trying to dog Jimmy G out any more than we've already talked about him, the injury history is real. It's not something if you just go in it with your eyes closed, then that's on you. The shame on you. I mean, the, the injury history is there. So there may be a point where you have to turn to your backup quarterback and say, all right, man, it's on you. And are they in position to say, all right, Hendon Hooker, that's on you. Or all right, Anthony Richardson. Or all right, Will Levitz. Or all right, Jake Hayner. Or, you know what I mean? Like, are they in position to do that? Are they going to be caught up to speed already? Or are they going to be stuck in a situation where that quarterback's not ready to succeed? You might need someone that's already familiar, somewhat familiar, with Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels has had a little bit of success with Cam Newton. Again, not trying to pound the table for him. I just think it makes a whole lot of sense if, if, uh, if they think it makes sense. Uh, mailman Raider said, uh, Q, on the, this is on the, uh, the, the WBroke.com text line. Q, no interest on Cam, porn star. Wait, Q, no interest in, no, Q, no interest on Cam, porn star Jimmy, already injury prone, can't have the same ordeal on the backup. And Bobby Wagner would excite me, and I'm 100% all of Raider Nation would be on board. Uh, I'm, I know it's a long shot, but I wanted him back as soon as we traded him. Get me Yannick back in black. Okay, so Yannick Ngakwe, um, Bobby Wagner, no on Cam. And, and that's the thing. I mean, Cam would be, and I know he was injury prone, but I think that's what that year away from football might have helped him do is get healthy. So, again, if the, if the team, if the medical team said, yeah, the dude's healthy, ready to go, and he's a backup, not a starter, but a backup, 
it might work out, but I understand what you're saying about the injuries. I mean, you don't want to have a bunch of injury guys, but again, who are you going to have as the backup quarterback when you know Jimmy G is injury prone? So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Coming up next, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. He'll join the show. We'll talk all things Cam Sims, and we'll get to uh, we'll get some of the uh, the the t- tight ends in the upcoming draft. We'll get some of his thoughts on that as well. It's Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Pressure up the middle. Heineke spins away. Nice move. Sets. Launches deep. Looking for Sam. He's got it. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Just heard a Big catch right there from wide receiver Cam Sims, and we'll talk a little Cam Sims in a hot minute when Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network joins the show. Excited to talk about the latest wide receiver added to the mix, a guy that's going to be big time on special teams for the Raiders, but he also has wide receiver skills. Uh, he played in 17 games in 2022, 8 catches, 89 yards, but in his career, 55 games, 17 starts, 57 catches, 840, 804 yards, and 3 touchdowns. So He's familiar with being out there as a wide receiver, and Ryan Fowler is pretty high on him. He covers the Washington Commanders, but also covers the NFL draft. So we'll definitely talk some draft with him coming up as soon as he joins the show. Did get a couple texts that I wanted to pass along before he joins the show. Brad and Concord said, I would have no problem getting Cam in there as a backup. With Jimmy G probably out by game four, that experience, coach familiarity, and mobility would be great. He's a quarterback that when the starter goes down, I wouldn't straight up panic when he came trotting onto the field while Jimmy's in the locker room being x-rayed. I say this would at least calm the Jimmy G injury stress that we all have. That's a good text right there from Brad and Concord. I definitely appreciate that. Joining us now on the phone lines is our guy, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. And Ryan, thanks so much for your time, my man. I want to get into some NFL draft with you. I saw you put out a tweet about the tight ends and the tight end class in this draft, but I want to start with Cam Sims. Uh, and you cover the Washington Commanders like a glove. The Raiders signed him yesterday. He only had eight catches for 89 yards in 2022, but he played in 17 games, mostly as a special teams guy. Uh, what can you tell us about Cam Sims and why he wasn't used more as a wide receiver in 2022 in Washington? Yeah, I always appreciate you having me on, Q. Cam Sims is a uh, a guy that cut his teeth on special teams and someone that, you know, big six foot five coming out of the University of Alabama, UDFA, is someone that just got stuck in a receiver's room that's made a ton of additions over these last three, four years, right? Terry McLaurin, Dehan Dotson last year, Curtis Samuel. They drafted Yami Brown on day two. You even look at a guy like Dax Milne that they took on day three from BYU. That was Zach Wilson's favorite target. He just got caught in a room and just have a ton of targets open for him. And I think you look back to 2021 when Curtis Samuel and Diami missed time. His ability to come in and not just be a guy in uniform on the outside that you throw in there and you hope something sticks to the wall, he's actually someone that can produce a little bit and separate at every level. Now, is he going to be a guy that's going to challenge a Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers or steal targets from Hunter Renfro? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying here. But he's someone that can be that wide receiver four, wide receiver five, that gives you special teams value, someone that can play above the rim on the outside, inside the 20s, you want to use inside the red area and give you some mismatch nightmares, you want to line him up on the same side as Devontae and offer some unique looks, he can do that for you. He's not overly dynamic, but again, he can rise up over, tall, uh, over smaller corners, be physical, he also stick his face in the run game, he'll blow off a corner. That's 6'2", I don't care if they got 32-inch arms, 37-inch arms, I don't care, something <laughs> crazy like that. I don't care. He's going to be someone that does a lot of things well, 
wear a lot of hats for you, and someone that's going to outplay the value of his contract early in his career, I believe, in Las Vegas. You know, and the thing about it is Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, has been bringing in a bunch of guys that I feel like are rotational pieces, guys that are going to fill depth charts up, and also guys that are going to compete. And it seems like Cam has an opportunity to go out there and compete, and really uh, whatever he puts into it is what he's going to get out. Is he that kind of guy where he's going to really give you everything he's got? Absolutely, and I think that's the reason why he stuck around in Washington from the Jay Gruden regime coming with Ron Rivera and being here for the last three years with Ron, even though he hasn't had a big workload. He is someone that is willing to do whatever it takes to get his butt on the football field. That's the bottom line. And I think also you learn who he is as an individual as far as a leader in the locker room, guys that look up to him despite not being a guy that they can look to left and right and say, Cam's out here on the football field with me every single day, someone that busts his tail in practice and shows up and will compete. And if given the opportunity, which is all sometimes you can ask for, now coming to Las Vegas where sometimes all sometimes guys need is a change of atmosphere and, and a breath of fresh air. And that's Vegas is going to offer for Cam to someone that works his tail off and is going to work for the opportunity. If he gets snaps, he gets snaps. If he doesn't, he's still going to be the same guy every single day at the facility. And still get that opportunity on special teams to do what he does, right? And he, like you said, he, he really cut his right. teeth by way of special teams. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Go ahead, Devon. I did want to ask one Cam Sims question. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, but like, how is he in the locker room? A great locker room guy. So is he someone that he's not pouting when he's not getting the reps? Because for me personally, it would be a bit of a diminish where you go to Alabama, you're a star at Alabama, but then coming into the league and then fit into that role player position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even look, even look back to his days at Alabama, you know, he wasn't a Jerry Judy or Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddell. He didn't get that kind of workload there in Tuscaloosa. Then he comes into Washington, and from the time when I was there before I came to the Draft Network, he's just someone that constantly has a, a vibe about him to where everyone gels with him. And it's someone that is just, bottom line, guys, is a professional. And I think that goes overlooked inside NFL locker rooms. So when you're, you're Vegas right now, and you're trying to work up not just towards being relevant in the AFC West, but to working up to compete with the Chargers and with the Chiefs, obviously, inside that division with a new face under center and Jimmy Garoppolo this year. So you look at Cam, what he offers on the field, what he offers off the field, absolute professional and an athlete to boot, again, at six foot five with the background in Tuscaloosa. I love the fit, and again, it's not going to break the bank at all for Ziegler. No, it, it really isn't. And, you know, one more thing on Cam Sims. Recently in the offseason, the Raiders added Scott Turner to the offensive coaching staff. Obviously, he comes over from Washington. How much do you think that that familiarity with Turner uh, really helped with Sims be- making the decision to come to Vegas? Oh, tremendously. We know that relationships are huge in this league, right? Sometimes it's like a recycling. You know, you just kind of recycle names here and there, place. Guys jump from places to places because relationships matter. You saw in Washington with Eric Bannemi bringing over Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs at right tackle. But with Cam having that familiarity with what Scott wants to do from an aerial perspective, it's going to help him tremendously again, whether he's on the field or whether he's in the practice room, helping out guys like uh, Jacoby Myers that is brand new, right? Hunter Renfro. Scott Turner is going to have his fingerprints on the offense. He's not making calls, but that familiarity matters. The Raiders, they traded away their star tight end and Darren Waller with the draft coming out. You released your top 10 tight end prospects in the draft. How many prospects do you think are going to get drafted in the first round at tight end? Oh, man, I will say, I'll say, oof, I'll say two. I will say two, and I'm not going to say a name that everyone thinks Michael Mayer is going to go on day one. He may, and he may have the longest career of any tight end in this class, but he's tight end three on my board. And mm. I will go with Dalton Kincaid from Utah and Darnell Washington from Georgia as two tight ends that... I, I do think on my board they will go on day one because of what they offer as guys that can play in line as the Y 
and flexed out as the F, especially with Darnell, because there is not a single tight end in this class remotely close, fellas, to him as a blocker. Because if tight end doesn't work out down the line, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets looked looks as an offensive lineman at tackle. I really would not be surprised. He's overwhelmingly dominant in the run game. And then you ask him to move out in space inside the slot, and you want to put a, a linebacker on him, he'll bully him. You want to put try to athletic safety, he'll bully him too and create over the middle of the field and be a dynamic threat inside the red area. So I'll say two tight ends for me on day one. And on my board, it's all Kincaid and Darnell Washington. So those are the two guys that I'll say go in the first 31 picks. Demond, I have to say, man, if you think the Raiders are going to get Darnell Washington, if they're going to be in position, there's going to have to be a bad rumor about him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I'm not going to start no mess. But, man, I don't see it happening because he looks like a first-round guy. Yeah, that review almost made me cry because there's no <laughs> way he's lasting to the second round. Right. But let me pivot. Sam Laporta out of Iowa, that's being t- titled as tight end U. How do you think he projects at the NFL level? I like Sam a lot. I think he's just a guy, again, Iowa, right? No fan, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, names go on and on and on. He is somebody that will bring his lunch pail to work and has that versatility, again, as the Y and the F that can play in line. I like him better as a blocker, as a Y, than the Luke Musgraves, the Tucker Crafts, the, um, the names escaping me right now. But as far as guys that can play the Y and the F that are just he's better at that position, then you ask him to flex out. He's really physical after the catch. And I think that matters when you're having guys that are 230 pounds, 40 pounds, trying to drag in your legs over the middle of the field. And what separates Sam and that these guys are going to be early day two, middle of day two prospects, is his ability to understand route concepts and sitting in zone. And I think that sometimes with tight ends coming into the NFL, everything is sped up. Everything is accelerated over the middle of the field. His ability to understand what defenses are doing and what he's doing from a positional perspective, to just sit in zone, do what Jason Witten did for over a decade in Dallas, the little things, the Dennis Pittas of the world, those types of things. Just not overly sexy as an athlete, but as someone that has a little bit more juice than we give him credit for, and I think he's going to be excellent to whatever team he goes to on day two. Talking right now with Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You know, we kid about Darnell Washington and him being a first-round pick. He probably will be, but we know that this tight end draft class is really, really deep, and you look at a guy like George Kittle, who's one of the best, he was a later-round pick, so how deep is this class? Like, When do you anticipate tight ends, really good tight ends, still being selected? I think until day three, to be completely honest with you, fellas, it's day one, day two, day three. I mean, I could talk about guys like Daniel Barker from Michigan State, who does not get enough credit for his ability over the middle field. Zach Kuntz is an elite athlete. Still got a ways to go as far as being an elite football player, because not all athletes are good football players. There are so many guys. Brenton Strange from Penn State, if you guys haven't checked him out, look at his tape for the Nittany Lions. They had a ton of guys in that room. Theo Johnson stayed in school this year. But the Nittany Lions and Brenton Strange was somebody that impressed me at the Combine, the way he spoke at the podium. And he turned on his game, his ability, and he's dominant in the run game. And then in the, in the passing game, his ability to lateral agility, his, his release package on the outside, if guys want to get in his face, they'll blow through a corner if he doesn't think he's going to be able to separate him laterally. He does a lot of good things as well. There's just so many guys in this class in the tight ends room. I think of even the guys down in the Senior Bowl, the Payne Durham's from Purdue, Will Mallory, from Miami, Davis Allen from Clemson. These are guys moving into day three. Even someone, fellas, a name that maybe a lot of people out there haven't heard of. This is Griffin Abert, H-E-B-E-R-T, okay. a tight end from Louisiana Tech. And he played receiver down there at Louisiana Tech, and he was playing around 225. He boosted up to 240. He runs in low four fives, and he can separate as good as any tight end in this class. 
He's someone that's going to be a day three guy, potential priority UDFA, a long way to go. Same thing I got to mention with Zach Koontz. But he is someone, if you're a, a team that wants some more pop in the tight ends room, you want to run some 12 personnel, some 13 personnel, and be unique and make it easier for Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of a structured offense that it was in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Griffin Bear from Louisiana Tech is a name to know. Even we have to move into late day three and UDFAs as well. Someone else that you told you mentioned him a little bit, but I want more on Zach Koontz out of Old Dominion because he's six foot eight, and I'm going to read the last sentence that you had on your profile of him. His ceiling is as lofty as any tight end in the draft class due to his Herculean, Herculean athletic profile. That's so me. tell me more. He's, he's talking about me. He's describing me. <laughs> six eight. Does he have the build? Does he have the weight? What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, absolutely. He just has a long way to go as far as a blocker. But you want a flex weapon that is going to be a Aerial threat from day one that's going to keep defense, defensive coordinators up late at night. Again, he's not perfect, but from an athletic perspective, guys, there is not, there's maybe two or three humans on earth that are six, <laughs> seven, 250 plus pounds that can run sub four, six. And one of them, fellas, is LeBron James. By <laughs> LeBron <laughs> James! <laughs> it's pretty good company with Zach Koontz right now. Hope I'm not, you know, talking too crazy here, but comparing LeBron to Zach Koontz. But the athletic profile is there, and it's what fits the NFL mold as far as athletes on the football field and forcing all 11 defenders to account for all of your skill position guys. So if it doesn't come together, it doesn't come together for Zach Koontz, but you look at him, you watch him move, former Penn State recruit, transferred to ODU, dominant at times for the Monarchs, moves extremely well, you turn on the tape against UVA and his ability to separate against a corner, a safety, a linebacker. That's a guy that I'm taking a flyer on, and hopefully he can work out in my offense. Now it's too late. I'm calling Dave Ziggler on the next commercial break, and I'm <laughs> telling him, you don't want to miss on the LeBron James of football. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Well, Ryan, I'm going to hit you with the million-dollar question as we get you out of here. And, again, we're talking with Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. You can find him on Twitter, at underscore Ryan Fowler underscore. Let me hit you with this million-dollar question. You're sitting there in the war room. You're at pick number seven. That's where the Raiders are picking. On the board still, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, Christian Gonzalez, and one of these two quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. What is Ryan Fowler? Who is Ryan Fowler selecting at number seven? I'm taking Jalen Carter, and I'm sprinting the car to the podium. And the reason why I say that is because you look at the defensive line, you add that big boy from Georgia along that front with Chandler Jones on one side and Max Crosby to the other. I'm going to look at the front five and say, pick your poison in the best way, and good luck stopping us. How concerned are you about the pro day that he came in overweight and wasn't able to finish? Uh, obviously, those are concerns that teams have, and I think those are weighed in the conversation. But for me, guys, the eye test is the biggest thing, and I try to turn on the tape. You watched them last year, and all mm-hmm. the names of them, that front seven, Devontae White, Jordan Davis, and Kobe Dean, everyone was asking, who is this 88 kid? That was Jalen Carter. You watch him this year. I completely understand the things behind the scenes, but I'm not going to be the man that comes on here and judges anybody's character. I'm not going to be. I'm not right. going to do that. My job is to judge him as a football player, and he's one of the most talented players in this class, one of the most talented defenders to enter the class in some time. And moving forward, if this, if this is a guy that's in the 2027 class, he's still going to be a top five pick. So I'm sitting there at seven overall, and I'm Dave Ziegler and Jalen Carter's on the board. I'm taking him and moving forward. Boom, there it is right there. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Strong stuff right there, not only on the draft, but also wide receiver Cam Sims, the latest wide receiver to be added into the mix with the silver and black. What do you got coming out of the Draft Network we should be able to look out for? Yeah, absolutely. we got mock drafts every single week on Monday. Lots of different articles, sit-downs with players. 
Uh, and obviously I'll keep in touch with pro days and what I'm hearing from around the league as far as visits and things like that as we move into April. Obviously mentioned earlier on my Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. There he goes. Well, great stuff as always, man. Thanks for making some time for us this afternoon. We do appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ryan Fowler, great stuff. Strong stuff right there from the Draft Network uh, at underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter. Definitely appreciate him. Again, check out all his work at the Draft Network. I thought he gave some real good insight on Cam Sims and, of course, the tight end class because we always talk about the top ones, right? We talk about the guys that are supposed to go round one, maybe round two. We don't go deep into, you know, the weeds of it and who's going to be the fifth-round pick. And remember who came out of the fifth round as a tight end? That would be one George Kittle. So, uh, obviously, you don't need a first-round pick to get a quality tight end as he's one of the best in the business. I would be so proud if people are on Twitter talking, hey, man, you guys need to be looking out for Zach Koontz because I was listening to about him on Raider Nation Radio <laughs> 920. Right, exactly. Great stuff there again from Ryan Fowler. We do appreciate it. 2.48 is the time. Come back, get to a couple of your calls and texts as we close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Join us in the last segment. Talked all things Cam Sims and obviously dipped into the NFL draft. Talked about a lot about tight ends. Talked about what he would do at number seven if it was his option. Threw some names out there and he went with Jalen Carter. Obviously there's a controversy around Jalen Carter's name, the young man from Georgia, but there's no denying that on the field he is a dominant, dominant force. The question that we threw out there to you, matter of fact, I threw a couple of them out there as Cam Newton was part of Auburn's Pro Day today. Uh, if the Raiders decided that the guy was healthy and could play a backup role with the silver and black, what would your thoughts be? Would you be interested in Cam or not? Also, if there's a move or two that Dave Ziegler and the rest of the front office can make at this point that would get you excited about the direction that the team is going, what would it be? Let us know. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r Coming up at the top of the hour, John McClain, calorysports.com, Sports Radio 610. Right now, let's go out to Santa Maria. Talk to our guy, Elliot. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Killing. Hey, uh, so to answer your first question about Cam Newton, um, you know, yeah, I have no problem about it. Um, I think what it comes down to is just the numbers of contracts. You know, what's he asking? Because uh, otherwise, you know, why not? He fits the system. He's been under McDaniels before. He's been to a Super Bowl. The guy knows how to win. And uh, he provides something different that Jimmy G can't in, uh, in different packages, you know? Mm-hmm. So... To me, it sounds good. Uh, I have no issues with Cam Newton. Um, I think 33 is still young for a quarterback. And you, like you were saying earlier, maybe a year off uh, allowed him to get healthy, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no issues there. Uh, regarding a big shocking move, you know, uh, I kind of agree with uh, your guest uh, interviewer, uh, Fowler, there about Jalen Carter. Um I think, you know, his stock might have fallen enough that he might fall to the Raiders. Knowing Ziegler and the way he drafts, his approach is to let the drafts come to him. Um, So if that's the case, you know, uh, and Jalen Carter sitting there at number seven, I kind of would be shocked in some way, given the character concerns. But, you know, he would be a stud to add to the defense. And we've been looking for that, you know, nose tackle, defensive tackle for a few years now. Mm -hmm. I think he would be a really good component for the defense. That's it, man. Hey, great stuff. Great stuff, Elliot. Appreciate the call calling out of Santa Maria. And you know he'd be the best defensive tackle the Raiders have had since, what, Daryl Russell? Right? And I'll pause and think. Would he be the best one since Daryl Russell? Pretty close. You know, I might be off a player or two, but 
the the fact that I still and rest in peace to Daryl Russell, but the the fact that that's still the name that pops in my head. Him and Chester McLaughlin immediately lets you know all you need to know about a big space eating defensive tackle that can also get to the quarterback. Because I'll tell you what, seeing Russell out there and seeing McLaughlin out there was always fun. Seeing them side by side out there on that Raiders defensive line. Coming up at the top of the hour. Coming up in a couple minutes. As a matter of fact, John McClain, GallerySports.com. We'll talk all things NFL. We'll ask him about Cam Newton and him working out at Auburn and what he thought about it and more. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.